Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT Cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT Cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched if i do say so myself i've noticed that and i think our listeners have noticed too because i've been picking up on a bunch of tiktok comments that have been like you're glowing recently so hats off to dime no one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine the work system from dime beauty has everything you need in one powerful package it includes a gentle cleanser a toner two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. everyone and welcome back to Summer House Hive. I'm here today, you know, covering this part two of the reunion a little bit late, but better late than never because I have a very exciting guest. He's a friend of the pod. He's been on SUP a bunch. He's been on Saving Sex in the City 3, an iconic episode that was based around the Florida project. I highly recommend <laughs> you all check it out. It's the one and only Danny Pellegrino. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. We haven't potted together in a really long time, and I always have the best time with you. So I'm it's- very excited to dive in. 
it's been forever. Like I remember, I remember doing your podcast and talking about the Olsen twins, which was like a highlight of my year, the year that we did that together. And that whole day was like a really stressful day in our, in my household, which I think, I don't oh know God, if you remember, yeah. but there was like, I do remember. it was sort of like our episode of saving sex in the city that was like coming to life in a weird way. Cause my boyfriend had, it's a long story and I'll tell you more about it off of the pod, but yes, it was a very <laughs> stressful day in my household. I felt like my boyfriend was walking there was a lot going on, a lot of drama. He was walking around the house, like Julianne Moore and still Alice. Like I didn't know what, <laughs> what was happening. And it turns out there was like a, uh, medication mix up and it was just like a very stressful day in this apartment but you were over and it was like we were scheduled to talk about Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movies and then it was all this chaos was this going on in my personal life what podcasters do you know we just push through the pain we're true professionals we're here to deliver the goods no matter who's still Alicing in our personal lives <laughs> right. just someone wandering around the house doesn't know where he is uh, but we got to talk uh, Mary Kate and Ashley movies. It is what it is. Yeah, most important. You just had to. I think at one point you did have to just like put them in a bedroom and just <laughs> <laughs> really deal. You don't. I mean, like, I feel like I, I, I'm trying not. To, I'm biting my tongue a little bit, but it was truly like one of the worst uh, weeks of my personal life ever. Like when you came over that day, and it, you were there at like the height of it. <laughs> you were cool as a cucumber. <laughs> crying now thinking about stressful this must have been just because it's all flooding back to me but thank god it all worked out for the best and Look, you really you were a champ <laughs> when you have a guest scheduled it doesn't matter what's going on I was just mm. thinking you know last year at this time I have that time hop app and stuff comes up and last year at this time I interviewed Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules <sighs> over Zoom and during the interview I, I saw this thing come up on my time hop app and I got like PTSD because during the interview I was feeling so sick and I was trying to hold it <laughs> and I was like please whatever I found out like a week later from that Sheena interview that I had a deadly infection <laughs> like, no I had I went I was in and out of the hospital that t- around that time but I remember like sitting there talking to Sheena Shea and thinking in my head like just keep it together Danny just keep it together so you do what you have I to love- do to get through you do and it actually feels like karmically right to fear death while talking to Sheena <laughs> about her life <laughs> I, re- I remember just like sweating I she was talking about like the editing or something and I'm like sweating <laughs> and I'm thinking wow I don't feel good like what's going on with me and it, it turns out I had some complications from a surgery and uh it all sort of came to a head so again we're here for the people and we fight through you know we're warriors in the words of Paula yeah, Abdul we are. holy shit I'm just remembering like Sheena came on to the sex unique podcast live show the the one show that I got off before the pandemic shut everything down, but she might be like a harbinger of doom because she was literally like, be a fighter. Don't get COVID. She'd just gone to a music festival. She did like a full drop splits on stage. Like she was truly not bothered about the pandemic. And then literally three days later, everything shut down. So I feel like maybe she brings in she brings in something she, deathly with her. In her there's, wake. A, there's an aura in Sheena Shea's wake. I did a live show right before the COVID shutdown with the Dubers from the Real Housewives of Dallas, Carrie and her husband, Mark, who's a doctor. And she Carrie's, I believe, uh, in the medical field. And I remember that on stage, they told everyone, like, don't worry about this COVID thing. Like, <laughs> no big deal. And uh, yeah, then it was like, oh, they were wrong. 
Don't listen to anything anyone from Bravo says about illnesses or just science in general. Right. right. Yeah. You, you know, listen to the CDC if you want, a, a scientist, you know, but maybe not a Bravo celebrity, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it all with a grain of salt or do the exact opposite of what they say. And I think you'll be okay. I saw pictures of uh, your last show with Sheena Shea and I, I saw the splits on stage. That happened, right? And it yeah. was like, that's that's a perfect night out. Like, I, you know, the people that were in the audience are probably so grateful that that's the last thing they saw before the shutdown. It was an incredible moment. I actually kind of, I think I was turned away from her because she did not, she didn't plan ahead of time or like loop us into the fact that she was just going to get up and do the splits. And so I like we had said farewell to her or something. And then she just dropped. And like I heard her body like drop to the ground and then just looked down and she was in a full splits in front of me. And I was like this. She served like she came. She served. She left. And then everyone. Well, I don't know if everyone got COVID. I don't think a lot of COVID happened at my show. But you never know. Maybe a case or two. True, Who knows? But you know yeah. what? No it way to know. And no one was. No yeah, one knew at that but time. she really, she gave it her all, and God bless her for that. You know, when Sheena's performing, we know from watching Vanderpump Rules, she always gives us a hundred percent. You know, a hundred percent of her best, and so. I feel like she was pregnant for two years. Like it felt like there were so many baby photo shoots that happened from like conception of summer. Is it summer moon honey? Summer um, honeymoon. Summer. Summer Moon Honey, right? Yeah, Summer Moon Honey. There was like a Hawaiian photo shoot. There Which, by the were... way, I like that name. I think it's, I like the name Summer. I love Sum- it. I love the name Summer. I love the name Moon. And Honey, we threw that in there. Great. Like, I think it's a great name. I do too. I'm, and I also love the name Ocean. Yeah. I think it's very unique and cute. And it reminds me of Lala fighting for like killer whales and her like pita at like I, it all ties together and i just i'm here for the vanderpump next generation yeah look I, when they were uh, about to have the babies i thought what are these names gonna be like i was expecting to hate them laugh at them and all of the things and then it was like oh this is summer moon honey or whatever fuck it was and i was like you know what? i like it i like it, it- it makes sense for Sheena and La. Like, I wouldn't expect anything less. And also, here's a little inside information. She loves uh, Rachel Bilson. Like, she, her and I, I think we talked about this on my podcast or something like that. So there's like an OC connection with the name Summer, I believe. I hope I'm not misquoting her, but I, I'm pretty sure that there's like a Rachel Bilson OC connection with the name Summer, who Rachel Bilson played Summer on the OC. Wow. Okay. I was wondering actually before you said that, like if that, if there was a tie in there somehow, but that I makes think, total sense. I think there is. And then I also think like they look a lot of like in a weird way, Rachel Bilson and Sheena Shea, don't they? Mm-hmm. I'll bet Sheena had like in her younger glory days, people when the OC was out, people were like, oh my God, like you look just like Summer. Like, and she really loved that. And so right. now she's passing that off to her spawn. Yeah. What I a legacy. I love yeah. that. It's passing on the OC <laughs> legacy. I'm excited to see there. You know, a lot of people are saying Vanderpump Rules should have just been canceled. But I actually think this next season will be way more interesting in a weird way because it's like everyone's going to be on their toes. It's going to be chaotic. And I think looking at it from the angle we look at it of like how these people are acting and responding to things on camera, 
I think it'll be really fascinating because this could be the last shot. This could be it. So I feel like there'll be a lot of unhinged sort of storylines and chaos from both the cast members and behind the scenes. I think production will be stepping things up in a weird way to try to make it interesting. Yeah, I I always will watch Vanderpump Rules no matter. I mean, I feel like we suffered through two miserable seasons to at least get some sort of closure or wrap up season. And so if there can be any healing happening or like a corrective experience this season, which for me would look like what you said, like chaos and derangement, then nature has truly healed. Right. Right. I went to, I went to Tom Tom last night. It's it's open. open. How was it? Yeah, it was delicious. I had the cauliflower wings, had the mac and cheese. They serve goat cheese balls now. Wow, that's new. Yeah. I love um, their cauliflower bites and I love their french fries. Their food is it good. It was it was good and I I really missed I I haven't been in like a Nicolane establishment in a year. Like so I and I realized I missed the gaudy over the top like lighting fixtures right. and decorations and the gears spinning. And like everything in your path. I always I never feel bigger than when I'm in one of those establishments because I could hit a tree branch. I could hit a, a wall clock. I could hit anything on my way to the table because it's so cluttered. It's like you're mm-hmm. walking through an estate sale or something. Like everything is in one room. And, you know, you could hit anything at any moment. So I always feel like super tall at pump. I can't even go to pump because I hit my fucking head on the olive branches. Yeah. Pump is very clustered. They have added even more tables inside of Tom Tom. And it is like it's clustered. It's over the top. But it felt like a return to form. And was, I was anyone there filming back. or anything? No filming? No filming, but Lisa arrived with Ken and Pandora and Harrison, I believe, and like tucked under her arm and Nicolaine and his wife also were there pushing a dog in a stroller. So nature is healing. It really, I was like, we're fucking back. Like, (laughs) let's do this. (laughs) Have you watched? Well, first of all, we have two things we need to talk about. I know we're here to talk about Summer House and that kind of thing, but... We need to talk briefly about Overserved. Have you watched any of this show on E! with Lisa Vanderpump? I haven't watched Overserved. I have a real chip on my shoulder against Lisa for the way that she exited Beverly Hills. And in the wake of Lucy Juicy Apple Goosey or whatever that dog's name yeah. was. there It didn't Lucy. rhyme. It was like Lucy, Lucy, <laughs> Apple Juice. So it wasn't Juicy. Okay. It was really frustrating. <laughs> but I like I I refute Lisa in that way. And I also, I think she's a little bit shady. So I, and mad that Vanderpump rules went the way it did. So I won't be watching, but do I need to, that being said, no. I have no loyalty to any decision I truly make. So I would watch. No, look like I don't understand a lot of the, the choices that were made. And again, I only watch one episode. I don't even think I finished the first episode. I watched one of them, but there was like a lot of Ken and Pandora. And I thought like, what executives thought we wanted to see more of Ken and Pandora like that. I understand like the Lisa of it all. I just don't imagine that people are really interested. The other thing I really wanted to bring up about Lisa is the TMZ story that came out today regarding uh, she was out to dinner and Kyle Richards was at the same restaurant with one of the producers of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. This is according to TMZ. Lisa Vanderpump sent her bill over to Kyle Richards' table to pay for it. 
and then they didn't pay for it or something. Yeah, she said that she felt like they owed her a dinner. And then she also left an imprint of her own credit card just in case they didn't pay so like the the server could get paid. But I'm like, if you're going to send the bill, you need to kind of dine and ditch. This and is really the kind of to them. This is the energy we're going to be getting from Vanderpump Rules next season. I feel it like that kind of weird sort of like trying to make a moment, but then other people aren't responding to it. Like, I, I, I feel like that's what we're going to get. Who is who, though, do you think is going to be the villain? Because I feel like Vanderpump Rules really rests like on having a clear tension or some sort of villainous person. And I feel like they fired everyone who... Except for, I guess, Katie Maloney, who's always kind well, of like Katie, a backup yeah. villain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to be making Lala into sort of the hero of the show. I don't want that for the show. Mm-hmm. I'm just reporting what I feel like is going to happen. I think they're going to try to make her sort of the Stasi of it all. And then all bets are off other than that. It's like, who's Lala not getting along with, I think. that That's my prediction. But who knows? Yeah. Have you are are you going to read Lala's forthcoming memoir? I am not. No, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Feels a little early in the game to write a memoir for her. I just feel like we've seen everything that she has to give so far. So like, I don't know what she could pull back the curtain on. Did you see the Wendy Williams interview with her? I felt like that was enough of (laughs) me like getting of the memoir. It was really, really funny because Wendy Williams, she has a really interesting interview style i'd say where most of the time she's not interested in the guests like wendy is best at like coming on the show and just giving her opinions on like what's going on in pop culture so i don't really think wendy cares to talk to any guest not a single one (laughs) but particularly with lala like lala was talking and then like uh wendy just opens the book and starts reading uh from it like in the middle of (laughs) lala talking it's just pure chaos and it's wonderful wonderful interview but I felt like that was as much as I'm gonna read was watching the Wendy Williams interview okay I'm gonna watch that interview and then I'll feel like I have the full picture yeah yeah and yeah Uh, let's um I'm always fascinated by these books though because I'm a ghostwriter and I'm always looking at the books and saying like did they put the author's name on the cover who actually wrote it or did they you know that's... Yeah, I think Stasi thanked hers in the acknowledgments. It was like the first person or an early person that she thanked. And I was like, oh, okay, that's who like wrote the book with her. Because I know that I read that book. And, and I did actually read Kristen Doty's book. I read Kristen's too. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen's was pretty juicy. Like, I think her timing was extremely unfortunate with like the rollout of that book. I'm anyone that released a book during the pandemic, but like, especially Dodie didn't. Right. <laughs> it couldn't have been worse. Did, did not for work It yeah. was like literally <laughs> the worst possible time for any human to ever release a book. <laughs> yeah. But like, especially her. And I felt also bad because her book deals with like a lot of heavy subject matter and like, I felt like this was her moment to kind of like give that to the world or like tell her story and like no one was there to receive it. No, so it's no. just like adding more trauma to her. She was life. really good about acknowledging her ghostwriter, her co-author, um, Michelle mm-hmm. in it. But sometimes it's really cryptic. And so you'll read the acknowledgements and I'm always looking at that and being like, okay, where are they trying to hide the information that somebody else wrote the book? <laughs> 
Yeah, like did did you? Oh, well, you didn't read Lala, so maybe we'll never no, know. I know. Maybe I'll get it for. The, well, I don't want. Yeah, I'll get it for that maybe or something. You gotta have like a listener just screenshot the acknowledgments <laughs> and send them to. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I wonder who's next though. I had. Our, I yeah, I wonder who's next. Like, is are Jackson Brittany gonna come out with the book? Like, who's next? I am so curious to see where they go and what they do next. Like, I'm sad that they won't be on Vanderpump Rules because Jax is having so much tax drama that I feel like that would just be such a rich storyline to follow. But it seems like they're not disappearing from the public eye. The thing that I don't quite understand is with the exit of Jax and Brittany, it doesn't make sense to me, the keeping of Lala, because to me, at least, like, I felt like they had their group of, like, Jax, Brittany, and Lala were, like, sort of on one island. And then it felt like Ariana and Tom seemed to have relationships with, like, Charlie and, and Raquel and James. And so it felt like now we have Lala and Randall and then everybody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Tom and Katie, I guess, are aligned with Lala and Randall, like, even though they weren't the ones that were going out to dinner with them all the time, like Jackson and Brittany were, but yeah, I'm just like who, and I know people can't be getting along. Like I know that they probably have lots of feelings about each other and I hope that they don't push those down in order to just seem, come across like right. the good we guy. And we need them all to the surface. Everything. everything. Yeah. I need we, raw, raw. Let's get raw and real. Raw. Um, but yeah, I'm curious getting... about Jackson and Brittany to see where they go. I, I watched their open house tour and <laughs> I just, with the whole time I was thinking, I was like, where are we going next? What's the plan? I know they're trying to make the HGTV thing happen, but what happens when it doesn't happen? Yeah, I need like, I wish that they would just hire a crew to follow them around and like make a show about them just trying to make a show like I would watch that did you hear the rumors uh, that Randall did that like earlier in the pandemic that they there was rumors on a blog or some a gossip site saying that Randall had hired crews to follow and they had been thinking of doing like an OG show which, which would have been like the people that were all fired and then Lala and Randall yeah I had heard that but then I was talking to someone else who mentioned that probably it's in their contracts that they can't shop another reality show in like a certain amount of years after they're firing. So it's like their hands are really tied in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I felt like I knew Stassi and Bo were going to bounce back like and rebrand as like baby parents. And so I was like, okay, well that came at a really good time for her. And, but Jackson, Brittany still haven't like bounced back with anything. Like, would have been a great time to release Mama's beer cheese during right. the pandemic right. when everyone was eating. Everyone's at home eating. Like, like get the beer cheese out. What happened to it? Are we just not doing it now? I guess it's just never going to happen, which is unfortunate because I would have bought a couple of a, a couple containers of it. Yeah, I would have too. I love a beer cheese. And they're not doing a podcast, which seems like a missed up. I wonder <laughs> what Mama's. How is Mama going to rebrand? You know, Sherry Mama, like. You know, I'm worried about all of them. I know. I miss Sherry. I've, I'm glad that she survived because I know it was like a rocky re- year for her. So glad she pulled through. And like, I mean, at this point, I would even take another round of Jackson Brittany taking Kentucky. Oh, I don't go that far. I don't feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't handle that. I don't think. 
not for I'd me. watch would not I like me. it probably not but I would subject myself to it you know I- I'm be curious when they come back like how much audiences are willing to sort of take them back into their hearts like because all of the ratings are down on a lot of these shows and I think people everything we've been through in the past year I think people are re-examining of like what they're interested in watching and, and kind of the tastes are shifting sort of culturally a little bit and so I'm very curious, like, where do we go from here in terms of Vanderpump Rules, in terms of Summer House, in terms of Housewives, all of them? Yeah. Speaking of Summer House, like, what do you think that Hannah is going to get asked back next season? God, I've thought about this so much. Like, literally, it keeps me up at night because I just think, like, on one hand, I can't see Bravo getting rid of her because there's already so much built in storyline with her. And it's like, if they do get rid of her, there'll have to be some sort of reset in terms of like the drama and storylines. And that's not to say that in the off season, there won't be other people feuding or in winter house, there's things that are set up, but uh, it does just does seem like from a producer's perspective, why would they get rid of this chaos agent that everyone seems to feel so strongly about? The other thing I think is there's, I've never seen someone on Bravo. So maybe like, disliked in terms of the internet like people hate her it's insane the comments like i'll go on reddit just to see what some of the subs are saying and the level of hate that she gets is like it's so crazy but i'm also like this must equal ratings gold because these people are so invested in hating her and I feel like every thread this year about Summer House on Twitter, Instagram, any social media has been about hating this person. And that I feel like has gotten so many people talking. So yeah, on one hand, I think they might say if everyone widely hates this person, but if there's one thing I know about reality TV, the production loves people who are loved and hated. They don't like the people who are in between who people feel nothing towards. Yeah, like I don't think I don't think that they should get rid of her. Like I want her to come back and I want Des to join as well because I really think that that would make for incredible television. And I think at the end of the reunion, like Hannah did slightly humanize herself for me, and I was like, okay, there's a glimmer of some sort of acknowledgement that you are also living in the same dimension as everyone else. Like right. not much, but it was kind of there. And then I had a lot of, I did have a lot of empathy for her. Cause I was like, I'm not jealous of your life at all. Like you have tripled down on being a psycho. Literally everyone on the internet hates you. And like, that sucks. Like it's and a I, hard job to have. Didn't you think it was fascinating too how they saved that for the almost like the mid second half of part two of the reunion, the moment where they were humanizing Hannah in a way. And that also made me think they they needed to do that in order to bring her back. Yeah, because I think and I think Bravo loves a good redemption storyline. And I think the viewers like that, too. Like they didn't. They didn't edit her or do her any favors in editing to like try and make her look better. And I think the social media reaction to it is exactly what the producers kind of were going for in a way. Right. Like it just shows that they're good at that. Everyone's really good at their jobs. It was also fascinating to watch the season of Summer House. I thought it was like one of the best seasons of any reality show in recent memory. It just felt like almost classically Vanderpump rules and of those early seasons of VPR. And 
I love that they put everyone in a house. That worries me a little bit about next season of like, I don't want to go back to the old format. I want the same sort of uh, everyone in the house working from there and being recorded all the time. I don't want this like weekend kind of thing to come back. Yeah, I could see, well, maybe like, maybe work from home will still be happening. TBD on Danielle, the actual business the businesswoman of the group like if she can work from the house and maintain her job but she's shown that she could do it once so she can probably do it again i love that yeah Danielle, i would love them she turned down there. watch what happens live to do because she was working or, or or something like that i don't know it just i love danielle this season i really felt for her loved her me too she was like she was key in key in the house and i think she's a good Lindsay needs some sort of foil to just or someone to bounce off of that can be like you are the problem in this relationship like someone to ground her that she respects and trusts so that like she has those more humanizing moments because I think other were otherwise she just kind of flies off into space right and we also need Lindsay needs someone else on her island I think Amanda was sort of the bridge between Hannah and Paige and Sierra and then um, Lindsay and Danielle. And so Lindsay definitely needs someone on her own island because the, the guys on that show, I don't, we need someone like Danielle there, I think. Yeah. And like, I love that. I love seeing Lindsay realize that she's so beloved by fans. Like you can tell that it's like boosting her confidence and like, she really took control of this reunion at one point and was like the second host of the reunion. Right. I loved her. I, I mean, she yeah. she this season really, I think, came into her own. And I fell in love with her last season was when I was really like, OK, I'm really loving this Lindsay. Like she's she reminds me a lot of the best of Dodie um, from Vanderpump Rules, like the good the good parts of what I like to watch about Dodie. And this season, it was just like she gave me everything I wanted. It was like kind of the weird behavior with the boyfriend, the PowerPoint stuff. and then. Just being, to me, she's like an authentic reality TV person. Like, she can't help but be herself. And herself is funny and fun to watch. Yeah, I love her. want to see more of her. I was, like, shocked. I I cried at Carl's, like, they had a moment with him and talking about his sobriety journey and, like, his friendship with Kyle and how Kyle, like, intervened on him in January. And I was truly, like, weeping watching this. Me too. He's just been through so much. And I'll tell you what, I, I mentioned this on my show, but the moment when they were, we were all crying about the Carl stuff and the whole cast was crying and it felt like very real tears and it felt so uh, opposite of when on these reunions they're giving us fake tears or they're trying to have a, a moment of sadness. And I think that really put it into perspective with me because I was like, oh, this sh- this is real, everybody crying naturally. It's just coming to the surface versus even just a housewife or, or whoever on the couch just trying to have their tearful moment. Mm-hmm. Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where I was like pausing the TV being like, are there tears coming out of her eyes? And the entire time, no tears until the very, very end when that was like, oh, you gave us like a real emotional moment. (laughs) I love when (laughs) Paige would just sort of whisper to her and she's like, maybe you should just apologize. Like Paige was like, apologize. Yeah. Paige is the Hannah whisperer. Like she might be the Danielle to... 
Paige, to Hannah's Lindsay in a lot of ways. I just worry. I really like Paige, and I know there's a lot of people who don't care for her, but I really like her, and I want her to 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 come into her own in a way because even outside of the Hannah of it all, it was like when when we saw those vulnerable moments from Paige, I really loved it, but she's always kind of dealing with this Perry guy who's now out of the picture, so I feel like she'll be fully present, and so that's what I'm hopeful for with Paige because. I find all of the outfits interesting. I like all that part of Paige. And I like her, but she just, this season got wrapped up in Perry and Hannah. And even Andy at the reunion was like, Paige, give us an opinion, like on anything. And I want her opinions. I want to see Paige step out on her own. Yeah, my favorite Paige moments were probably her like talking head moments where she's commenting on other people like that seemed when she was the most authentic to herself and I too love the outfits and everything like I I'm a page stan and to me she's more of a Greek chorus or audience surrogate in the house than Hannah I think early on they sort of sort of positioned Hannah in that role and then this season we all sort of realized no that's not good for her (laughs) but I think it is it could be good for Paige I'm just like it's very rare that you get someone that has Hannah's trajectory on one of these shows where it was like, cause I, when she first was on, I was like, Oh my God, this, I love this girl. Like there's just something about her. I admire her confidence and she's really working it. And then slowly it was like, wait, we've all been bamboozled by this person. Right. And then you got like the real, the real Hannah, you know, devil's advocate though. I was also thinking about this the other day of like, if I was filming a reality show in the beginning of quarantine, like I would be such an emotional mess. And that's not to excuse her, the behavior we saw, but I could only imagine what I, I'm actually sort of surprised more of the cast wasn't like completely unhinged in those, uh, in this season. Yeah. Especially like this summer was, or this last summer was dark as fuck, like for so many reasons. And I being trapped in a house where you have any sort of tension with another person or you feel like someone hates you and then you're also being filmed having to deal with that. It would drive me to the brink, the brim, the brim, as Brittany would say. Right. Right. (laughs) I was loving like they really lean into this like we're a Bravo family like and that's the first time I really felt like, oh, my God, there is a Bravo family like talking about Carl's. So sobriety journey and like the support and I just like laughed out loud when Lindsay was like you know Captain Lee like like, (laughs) reached out to Carl and I was just like wait I did not see the Captain Lee reference coming at all and then I was like oh wow we need Captain Lee on next season yeah I think we should do like a crossover and they're all a family until they get fired from the show or they move on or something. Because we all know from watching Bravo so many years, it's like they're not afraid to just throw someone to the wild. Like when they're when they're done with you, they'll just fire you and let you go. And then you're no longer in that Bravo family. I think it's it's nice and sweet while they're all sort of in it, but they get it's thrown also to the like wolves. Summer House has a lot of fallen soldiers, if you think about it. The Workus yeah. twins, Steven, Jules, Jordan. who I really missed. I wish, oh, Jordan, he who shall not be named. He still haunts me. I sort of wanted like one, I like a one Jordan appearance per season situation. Maybe they, they can bring him and Jules back for like one night in the summer house. Like, wouldn't it have been great this last season if we could have gotten, I know there was COVID precautions, but it's like Jordan just coming in and 
him and Hannah sort of aligning. So she had somebody in her corner, but they, it would have been crazy because the two of them together, <laughs> I don't know. I would have liked a little Jordan. Yeah, that would have been, it would have been good to see him have her back just from like a total secondhand embarrassment pleasure watch. But I think that's why I'm so adamant about having both Hannah and Dez in the house next season is because I think that Dez gives me kind of Jordan-esque energy. Mm. And I want to see, I want to see their relationship like under the microscope. And that scares me. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I could do the Dez of it all. It's scary. It worries me. It scares me. I, I don't know. It's, it worries me. I didn't like, I got so uneasy with him in the house and when they were doing the sex everywhere and like they were, I just, it made me like really uncomfortable and I'm not sure what that says about me. Maybe that's more on me. I don't know. But seeing the PDA and like the, just the, all of it made me very squirmish. Yeah. It's like, it's a ticking time bomb, but I'm like, let's fucking burn Mm. this shit down. Like I love, and Mm, that's like mm -hmm. why a lot of the reason that I watch like these shows is for those moments. So like, I can put up with a lot. That makes sense. I, yeah. But I really want, like, I need, I need Des and Hannah in there. I mean, it would, ex- everything would explode in the house for sure if they were both in there together because they would both come in sort of guns blazing, I think, based off of audience response and the other cast members' response to that whole last season. And so, yeah, there would, are, there would be fireworks right up the bat. I can't imagine Kyle and Des even getting along for one episode next season. Yeah, like I think there would be there would be a lot of uh, forgiveness that needs to take place and some humility. And I don't know if they could Hannah and Des could like pull that off to get back in Kyle's good graces. I know we talked about Paige, but do you foresee a future where she jumps ship at all? And then maybe to the Lindsay Danielle Amanda side. I don't know. I keep waiting for her to kind of turn, but then it seems like she and Hannah really do have like a solid, deep friendship with each other. And even at some point during the reunion, I was like, I love their friendship. Like, I think that Paige knows when Hannah's being psychotic and kind of like, We'll do the whisper thing, like apologize or blah, blah. But I got the sense that they laugh about what happens like on the reunion later. Like Han- and even Hannah probably knows like I was out of control and then they lol. But I wish that we could see those moments as an audience because I think that that would humanize Hannah way more. Right. Because there's no way that like think of your best friends like when they're acting crazy. For me, at least there's always a moment where I'm like dude like that was wild and then they laugh and then it's like a really fun friendship thing and I do think Hannah is self-aware like she must see that I I wonder if she sees herself in this last season I don't know if I'm making any sense like I wonder if she could see like from a distance or out of body way of like oh yeah I was being I was being a little nuts there she kind of did but then mostly did not like her read on there was one moment where she was like and that's why I was acting like the cool girl who like blah 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 and I was like you never acted like the cool girl (laughs) who do you think you are and couldn't even acknowledge like when she flipped out on Kyle and was like you know don't talk about my family you know what don't talk about my dad you know what you know what no 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 (laughs) don't talk about my dad you know what no 
don't ever talk about my family ever again. I've had enough. And Kyle was just sitting there like, oh my God, like what the fuck? And that was a really good episode of TV because all of us at home were just watching like, what the fuck just happened? Like that was great TV. But her read on that too was like, I was watching like a lot of mafia movies and then that's what happened. And I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) What really happened though, Hannah? Like break it down for me bit by bit because I it's not adding up. And the so aftermath, the aftermath to that moment where they were all sitting around at dinner with like the tearful apology to Kyle too was like batshit crazy all around from Kyle too. It was like, what is everyone? And I know some of the other cast members called it out, but it's like moments like that. I'm like, does are they not feeling that this is crazy? Yeah, you're the man. You're the man, Kyle. You're the man. He's just like, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, he, he did love it. But then and like Hannah. Remember when she coughed, like, while Kyle was talking? He was like, Carl and I haven't had the best track record for women. And then Hannah coughs, and everyone's like, are you fucking kidding me? And she's like, what? And it's moments like that where I'm like, she must know what she's doing to some extent. Yeah, that was a moment for sure I thought she knew. That, to me, there was no excuse for that moment. It was like, Danielle called it out right away, I think. But, yeah, yeah, I... I think she knew exactly what she was doing in that moment. And then she's like, oh, I just had to cough. What? I had to cough. And it's like, okay, you're not, we, I know you're not that stupid. Like, you, you, that must have been purposeful. Yeah. And I guess it's just like, it would be nice to see her own, her own bad behavior. It's like, I don't like when people are just rude or annoying, but then try and be like, what? What? There is nothing. Like, I want to see them be like, yeah, I coughed and mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. just really be like if you're gonna do it go all the way like be a full bl- villain yeah yeah just do it um sierra ate prop candies which was a wild move to me <laughs> sierra got like a, a weirdly i felt like andy kept going to sierra during the reunion considering that it didn't feel like sierra was in the mix much during the season but ordinarily when that happens with a housewife or something then andy will just sort of ignore them at the reunion and they're they won't you know he won't ask them anything but it, it felt to me like he kept going and saying well what's your opinion on this which was interesting to me and i don't know what it means i just clocked it i feel like it's probably trying to include her because she is on winter house so it's like get used to this person being around as like a a Bravo cast member and part of like various franchises. I hope that Sierra shines more in Bravo or in winter house. Like I think that there's potential there. It kind of remains to be seen because I do think that she got a little bit sucked into Hannah's like the Hannah show. And she's also so young that it's like, I always forget and then remind myself of that she's like 25 years old which it would just be easy to like if you don't want to be totally like a villain right off the bat or painted like a bad person just to like go wherever the current takes you to avoid that well and i think that's the issue of bringing let's say hannah and des back next season is that it 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 threatens to become the hannah show unless some of these people step out of the box and create some chaos themselves because otherwise I feel like it will just be that. And and that could be fun for a few episodes of Chaos, but we we need other stuff, I think. Do you think when Luke broke the fourth wall, I love him using that term because I kind of feel like he didn't exactly know what that meant, but for he sure. was going to do it anyways. 
and I was scrolling like every subreddit being like before that episode aired being like, what do we think it's going to be? And literally not a single person guessed what that fourth wall break was going to be. It was surprising to me and the editing of it made me feel like they cut some stuff of like either what he said or or some people had reached out to me and said that that Andy saying no you didn't or whatever Andy did when he corrected Luke somebody Mm -hmm. had uh, sent me that that was like a Franken bite meaning like that was from something else or something I don't know that that's true that could be like a complete conspiracy theory but I wonder I believed that that happened I just maybe that's me being crazy but I thought like yeah I bet you a producer did ask him to do that yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I, but it's also interesting that he allegedly invited like every single person that works on the show to Minnesota. Like, who won't he invite to Minnesota? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm such a sucker that immediately, like, uh, as he says that, and then Andy's like, "No one said that," and Carl's like, "No one did that," and I'm just like, "They didn't do it, Luke." Why oh, are see, you I'm the opposite. I'm like, "Oh, they're all trying to cover." I'm like, "This is a covert cover up." Like, I, yeah. What do you think that means for Luke's future, though? Like, do you think that that is like you're really crossing the line as a cast member by saying stuff like that? I bet he got a slap on the wrist, but I also think they would have cut it completely, or at least the part about like Luke saying, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I think they could have edited it different if they um, were really upset with him. So I don't think it means tons for his future, but I bet you there was like a little slap on the wrist or, or, you know, after the reunion, like, Luke, I can't believe you said that. Like, why did you say that? You know, and maybe a like warning. A, a strongly worded email from like a higher up, you know? Mm-hmm. Andy delivered like, a severed horse head to Luke's house. Yeah. To, like we're not getting rid of you, him. but you're going to get this horse head in the bed. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, cause I feel like I get scared of Andy when he, there's a certain tone that he adapts where, you know, when a Bravo liberty has like crossed the line or really pissed him off. And it's just like a flash in his eye and a, a mm-hmm. shift in the tone, but it literally scares me to my core. Like I would totally. never want Andy to look or speak to me that way. And I feel like Luke got a little bit of the Andy Cohen eye flash. Yeah, I mean, he has no, he doesn't have a good poker face when it comes to that. Yeah, there's this moment, and all of us viewers can tell. You can tell when he starts to turn on somebody. And yeah, I don't know. I loved Andy this reunion because he felt like he came alive in a way that I hadn't seen in a while. I mean, I love him on all the reunions, but it felt like he was giddy almost during the Summer House reunion. Like he was having a good time. Yeah. And he was asking, like, he went there with all of them and asked the questions that I think viewers have really been wanting to know this entire time. And I feel like it doesn't happen like that in every reunion. Right. Right. He was good. I liked Andy this reunion a lot. Yeah. I I loved his love for the PowerPoint and, like, everyone. Because I, I, thought, I thought the PowerPoint was kind of great. Like, it, he did the assignment he was asked to do, Stravi. And so, and I love, like, Lindsay having the power to create a homework assignment for a boyfriend and then have him deliver a literally, like, 13-page PowerPoint. And isn't it great that Andy sort of has this power? Like, speaking of the PowerPoint presentation, if he would have said... 
this is lame when bringing up the PowerPoint or even had the look in his eye that this was lame, then this whole segment would have been produced completely different. But instead, Andy had that twinkle in his eye and he's like, I really like the PowerPoint. And then everyone adjusts how they feel about the PowerPoint. (laughs) Like in that moment, like even if somebody, I'm sure someone in the cast for this situation or another was thinking, oh, I'm going to come after Lindsay about that PowerPoint or Stravi. We're going to blah, blah, blah. But then they saw the twinkle in Andy's eyes. So they all had to readjust. Yeah, I was uh, he the power he wields. Um, Luke. Oh, wait. OK, so Carl had a really good read on like Hannah and Des being like you guys get away with stuff because you're comedians in quote marks and (laughs) (laughs) Hannah's comedy has never really resonated with me personally so I love I just love the like quotations around comedians because I just don't group her in like the top comedians that make me lol it's very surprising I mean I I just interviewed Ryan O'Connell and He's um, from the, I met him through you actually. Uh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. We were talking and he said, and I hope I'm not misquoting. He said this on the interview. Um, he said, she's the type of comedian who uh, says something, a, a joke like sex is good, but have you ever had a taco? And I just thought like, yeah, that sums it all up. Like, it's just the mm-hmm. sort of that very <laughs> like uh, uh, predictable. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like that sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like an algorithmic comedian right. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, and that just is for me neither here nor there. It's just like what are people laughing at right now? Like let me make a joke like that and then that's the joke that comes out. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. very like let's put this through machine. Now, that's to say I don't I've never seen her stand-up show, so I don't know what it's like on you know, maybe on stage it's different or something. Maybe she comes yeah, live. She's a regular or Amy Schumer out there and we just don't know we haven't had the chance to discover her comedy but from what I've seen on social I don't know if the laws are there for me <laughs> no it's I, literally, it is like sex is good have you ever but have you ever had a just like fill in the blank right have anything. you ever put on a warm pair of Ugg boots like right. it, it could be Literally anything. Like, it doesn't have to be specific. It could just be, like, literally, she just looks at a pillow. Have you ever sat on a pillow? Like, whatever she kind of sees <laughs> in her line of vision, it's like, that's what I'll fill in. And she does this interesting thing, too, on Twitter, where she, she like, won't, because I follow her on Twitter, and she won't s- say anything on Twitter, and then there'll be, like, ten jokes in a row. And it's like, have you noticed that? Yeah, I think she... She had said that she does it to see what gets the most engagement because it's how she writes jokes for her stand up, which kind of leads me to it leads me to an iffy place on her stand up. Not sure that's I just, how it's written. Yeah, but it's it's an interesting approach because I'll see some tweets and there's some with very little engagement, like to the point where I might delete if it were my Twitter account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I like that she triples down and then will take what's what's happening on Twitter, screenshot it, throw it on Instagram. You know, to be honest, maybe we're all just doing this wrong. Like maybe that's how uh, maybe that's how it needs to be done. I don't know. How are they doing? I haven't checked out the engagement, so I don't even know. And I'm not an expert in comedy. You know, like, what do I know? But I wonder if we could get some insights on this stuff. Like, is it performing well? Like, is it being reposted? Do you see like these? 
things being reposted on other accounts and stuff? I've never seen like a Hannah Burner joint go viral in any way, but I don't know. I muted her on Instagram like probably a year ago just because I can't take the like screenshot tweet crossover. Like I'm like, I've had enough of those. I just like more selfies or anything but a screenshotted tweet. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know that hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine? That is where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement, unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code SEXYUNIQUE at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry! Your hair and skin will thank you. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched, if I do say so myself. I've noticed that, and I think our listeners have noticed too, because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. 
Are you ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos and you will rise to the top of the heap and you will be deified and worshipped for the rest of your days walking this planet. Because as anyone who has siblings know, that's the only goal on Mother's Day is to be the favorite. And if you're an only child, you're still competing with all your other extended family members. And it's important to wage a war and come out on top. If you're an only child, you're also at war with yourself. So what you can do is get your mother or the preeminent mother figure in your life an aura frame. You load it up with photos. It's literally the easiest thing to do. And I know that you might be thinking, ew, digital frames are bleak. But I'm telling you, this aura frame is chic. And the best part is it has unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app so you can keep updating your mother or mother figure's frame with new photos. So it's the gift that keeps on giving and uploading. I gave my mom an Aura frame, and she had resisted for so long because she's truly anti-technology like barely even understands how to facetime and i said just let me just let me and i set it all up for her i plugged it in i fired up the app i preloaded pictures on it and now she's so into it that she figured out how to preload pictures and even runs it from her app which is truly saying a lot because she refuses to download apps she thinks everyone's spying on her stealing her data and the fact that i was able to break through and she literally loves this frame like loaded it up with pictures of her cat i was like we did it joe Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code SUP at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Look, I do it sometimes, and I'm not proud of it, but like occasionally if something really performs, and I'll try to space it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So, you know, devil's advocate. I find Paige to be funnier, though. Like, I find Paige sort of naturally funny. And I don't know, maybe it's the expectation that there is no expectation for her to be funny. And I think that's a problem, too. When these comedians come on these shows, it was similar to Dana on Vanderpump Rules, where it's like, you're presenting yourself as a comedian. So we're all looking at you like, you better be fucking hilarious. Because even though these people are like new stand-up comedians, and they're in their 20s, and whatever were presented to you as a professional comedian. So we're, I just did the quotes like Carl did. <laughs> Comedians. <laughs> uh, we're all expecting to be laughing out loud in your confessionals. And, and so then when one of your castmates is funnier in a confessional like Paige, or even on another show, when you see uh, housewives, it's like, I don't know when somebody else is funnier in a confessional, then I don't think you're funny because I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, you're not. No, that makes perfect sense because you're just not making me laugh. But I think that there are pro- there's probably a lot of people out there that just cackle at the things that she says and tweets. Right. And everyone's Again, got different <laughs> preferences. You know, like everyone might people might find that joke about the taco or whatever. The You know, really hilarious. So everyone, there's an audience for everyone, I suppose. I guess so. That's what we're learning here today. Right. <laughs> we, we find out that Hannah let amanda find out about her engagement via social media and that was a that was really difficult for amanda to go through and i just think like 
Hannah would probably rather make Kyle an enemy and like make him pay and torture him for life um, and torture Amanda subsequently than just confront her actual feelings about the situation and like work through their issues. Oh, right. Right. You know, it was interesting, my feelings on Amanda this season, because I never liked her. And I don't think I had much of a reason why I didn't like her so much as I just didn't. You know how some people you just Mm -hmm. like, God, I, I hate that person. I don't like them. And she never necessarily did anything wrong. I just sort of like, I remember I would watch the scenes with her and I'd be like, ugh. Like, I felt like it was such a wet rag. And then this season, I'm like the biggest Amanda stan. Like, and I switched. And I don't know what it was exactly that she did so differently. But I came around to her in ways that were totally unexpected to me. So then when it came to the end of the season, we're at the reunion, and it comes up that Hannah never told her about the engagement. I was so upset on Amanda's behalf. I wanted to defend her, like, to to the death. I mean, I was, I'm on her side. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with Amanda has seemed like she in the past seasons has been so like kind of victimized by Kyle's behavior. And it's just Mm. like she fell into the role of like downtrodden girlfriend that I think we've seen a lot on like Vanderpump rules and stuff. And it makes it hard to root for that person because all you want her to do is be like break up with this asshole and like live her most fabulous life. And then this season, seeing them be, like, really close and intimate, and it truly seemed like their relationship was in a great place, and they, like, hit their stride. I've always liked Amanda, but it made me like her more to see that. Cause, right. And it gave me hope for their relationship. Because, like, I went back and watched seasons one and two recently, because I'd never seen them. And now having, like, a full scope of the Kaimanda life line, I'm, like... I'm I'm glad that they're making it work and I root for them. Yeah. Maybe I just finally accepted like these two are together. They're happy. Mm-hmm. So now it, it let me root for her a little bit more and less focus on she should break up with him. Yeah. Cause it's like, he's not doing anything. It'll be interesting to see when the pandemic's over and they can like go out again, like what's going to happen. I do think that his drinking and like partying and the, just the amount of shit face that he gets will probably he'll have to like work through that hurdle next but i right. just like believe in them and like want them to i want totally. them to survive yeah me too yeah i i came out of this season like loving the two of them and i wasn't expecting yeah. that and carl too i hated carl too for the longest time and then this season i like want just the best for him oh god i love so that carl goes so to much. show us i mean truly just as i'm saying this out loud that goes to show me this is what these shows do to us. Like they, we hate someone one minute. I mean, last season, I really believe, I can't remember my exact feelings, but I think I hated Carl. And then now this season, I am only rooting for him. So I wonder if that's the route they'll go with this, the hand of it all. I don't know. I think that they will. And like, I even started out the season, like truly hating Luke so much. I was like, this person makes me uncomfortable. Everything he does is cringe. He's like bringing nothing to the table. And then by the end of the season, I was like, oh, poor Luke. Like, I don't like him necessarily, but I don't hate him. You know, he's kind of just like neutral territory so it just takes you on a journey yeah he was a roller coaster for me too i loved him hated him loved him hated him yeah by the end i kind of feel like i ended in the middle like i was mad at what he did about the inviting every fucking person to minnesota but then (laughs) you know i don't know he won me over at other points so who knows 
He needs a spinoff, just like one episode spinoff. Well, I have an idea of what I want his spinoff to be. I'm sorry to interrupt you. but go for it. I really love the hockey coach of it all. And so I really want like a Mighty Ducks reality-esque show where it's like Luke... Uh, coaching young kids like a ragtag hockey team and we see Luke like interacting with the parents almost like the exact Mighty Ducks reboot that's airing only a reality version where he like maybe he flirts with some of the single moms or something but like a a ragtag hockey team I want to see him coaching Minnesota hockey that's a really good idea and I don't even like hockey, but I would watch I would watch that if he was like flirting with the moms and causing drama amongst like all the parents. And then maybe he had an assistant coach that was like the comedic relief because Luke's not that funny. Right. And like I'd want the team to be both like boys and girls, like right. a co-ed team. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe board. we have like Lindsay who has a niece who is playing hockey in Minnesota or something. You know, we get her; they're moving to Minnesota, or or even Hannah, like the chaos agent. She's got a a cousin who's she's uh, going to be, you know, going to games with or something like that. Like we get some of the drama that way. We need. It's like he needs to host like hockey camp where it's like it's just like a three week camp getaway for these kids so then you can have did you just say camp getaway did you just say camp (laughs) getaway because i watched every episode of that and i clocked i clocked that reference was that the bravo (laughs) camp show i watched two episodes i'm sad i didn't finish that because i actually was like what in the hell i think i smoked a lot of weed before i watched it and i was like oh my god this is the saddest most embarrassing life to live as an adult but I'm kind of addicted to seeing this play out and then I think my soul and brain were like you can't go down this road and then I just forgot about it I went down that road and I watched every episode and it it got to the point where I was like I knew it would be canceled because the ratings were like 10 people per week watched it like it was just me (laughs) and then the executives (laughs) who had left the tv on and I watched it and I it was it was a mess, but I enjoyed the messiness of it. Sometimes I'd rather have that than like just something that's middle of the road. To me, that was like a, almost a train wreck in, of sorts, and I liked it. You know what I yeah, saw? I, what? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting no, again. Fine. I'm sorry. Um, I saw the premiere of the new Family Karma season. And I think people need to get on board with this. I liked last season a lot. I was a big fan of that last season. Yeah, you were. I saw that you were like really into family karma. Mark my words, though. I only saw the one episode. But if the season is anything as good as the first episode was, I think like uh, eyes need to be on it. Like I just because I thought it was like really well produced. There's a huge cast and I I, I'm feeling it kind of going to be having a moment. Maybe I'm going to be totally off base here, but I feel like this next season could be a moment. You know, I did not watch the first season of it and have not watched the premiere, but I did see like a teaser for it. And in my gut, I was like, I need to watch the show. Like I could really be into this. And so I think that you're on to something. I just feel like people need to be, people should pay attention to it. And maybe that premiere was just like really good. And then the rest of the season will be shit. But I kind of have, I have a feeling in my bones about it. But I, okay, again, I, I watched watch all it. of Camp Getaway. So what the fuck do I know? Well, I now I'm going to go back and watch because I remember like the way I felt it was like giving me that like bad, good feeling that I got when I'm just like so deeply embarrassed for everyone on board. But right. it's in a, in a fun way. There was like clearly no storylines 
that they could really go with. So they, the things they latched onto were very interesting. And yeah, it was just a lot of adults like doing summer camp activities. And I was the kind of kid who loved any sort of summer camp thing. So I think that's another reason why I latched onto it. Yeah, I think it was the adults at summer camp is just what made me really sad because I didn't know that that was such a thing for some people. It's like people. a thing. It's a thing. And I was <laughs> was just like, damn, like, this is the saddest thing I've ever seen. No offense to any adult listeners right. that happen to go to summer camp, but I'm just like, why? Like, do, you can go do other things. And it was very clear to me that Bravo was also very embarrassed by the whole program. I mean, I think it they shot it. It doesn't read as Bravo. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like a Bravo fabulous show. It's just like a very... And I'm thinking back to even like... I feel like you and I probably had a point where we like pitched show ideas to people at Bravo, like trying to find out like what the best niche communities that were felt very Bravo that were shows that we would want to watch. And I'm like thinking back to like what they wanted. And I'm like, you never wanted summer camp. Right. Or did you? Right. I pitched a show there once years ago. And um, I remember, yeah, they, it was all like, I'm trying to think of what the directives were, but it was, I yeah. think I have the printout sheet that they gave. They had like an intern cut out like magazine, like just words <laughs> from a magazine and like p- then put them on a copier and then handed me like a printout of the words. And was like, life, love, fabulous, money, class. Like, and, it, and then like, it was, a picture ama- of it was amazing. Yeah, I've saved like all the stuff. This was from like five or six years ago, but I was like, this is the most incredible, like, inside look at what their side of the road is like trying to come up with and the work that they do is it was amazing uh you know the new era of bravo i'm endlessly fascinated by because i feel like housewives are are they've already peaked housewives i love them but i'm curious what's next below deck does really well for the network and so i wonder are they going to lean more into that or are they going to find this brand new genre of programming or I I don't know what it looks like but I feel like we're we're tiptoeing into the next era you know Vanderpump Rules is sort of on its way out the housewives feel like they're past their prime and so maybe they'll reinvigorate those franchises or maybe we'll get some new crazy experimental stuff I don't know yeah we're on an exciting precipice in history totally do you have speaking of like Bravo housewives who have like passed their prime but are on to new things. Do you have time to talk about Bethany's new reality show? Oh Oh my God. What, isn't it crazy? Danny, I watched, I turned it on on Monday, like late afternoon. I was like, what's this all about? Like I'm going to watch and literally smash cut to four hours later. I was just still, I watched every episode that was available and it made my heart race from just stress. And I had like visceral physical reactions to Bethany trying to find her VP of operations. What's her show called even? Uh, I big, kind of the big shot with B. The big shot with B. Okay. It's a lot to take in. I feel like there's no real structure to it, which was the thing that was making me a little bit nuts watching every episode. And again, every single episode I watched, except for I think the finale, which hasn't come out yet. But there's no structure to it. There's, it, it's like The Apprentice, but like a more chaotic version. I also feel bad for the contestants because they, I'm sure they had to quarantine at a hotel or something for two weeks or three weeks alone. And then she cut half of them within a half an hour, you know, and I'd be so pissed if that was me. 
Like, imagine I that. about that. Because it is happening mid-pandemic. They do a good I, job of kind of making it seem like it's not. There's no like pandemic the happening on that show. It's just. No, no, but they're literally like in the peak of COVID while competing. And so the whole premise is like Bethany is looking for a VP of operations, which is to me a very corporate high level sounding job that one would get paid six figures at least to like run her entire operations for every brand that she has, which she continually reminds us that we have, that she has 26 brands. Right. A lot of categories. She always says, I got a lot of categories going on. It's always a cat. We got tons of categories, tons of categories. And what she's looking for is a killer. I need a killer. And she's obsessed with finding a killer who will run this brand, but then also bemoans the fact that no one is qualified. No, not a single. mm -mm. (laughs) Every person competing for this position is not qualified in her own words. And so it's very low hand beach club in the, in the sense that you don't really know what's going on. Very low hand beach club. Very. Yeah. And it's, I'm into seeing more celebrities do their version of Lohan Beach Club where there just is no <laughs> rhyme or reason to anything. And like some people are getting hired. Some people are getting fired. The celebrity who reigns supreme just tortures everyone involved. I read an, and, interview, an interview. I think it was Interview Magazine or Interview Website or something with Bethany where she said that uh, – you know, she went into filming and then she wasn't sure how it's going to go. So they shut down. And I hope I'm not misquoting this. People can look it up. But I, I think she said they like stopped for three days and she collected her thoughts and came in and said, here's how we're going to do this show. Now, the show is produced by Mark Burnett Productions, which produced The Apprentice and a bunch of other of reality shows and all sorts of stuff. But I would imagine Mark Burnett has a very specific way of how they wanted to do this show. They probably wanted it exactly like The Apprentice. And so when I read that interview, I was thinking of the mechanics of her going in to shoot like a scene or something and be like, hold on, we're shutting this down. And then going back to Mark Burnett and saying, here's how it's going to go. And she gets rid of all of the structure of it. And I could only imagine the chaos that that caused with everyone involved. But I wonder... What were those discussions like? Do you think they said, okay, we need to have at least, it doesn't have to be a boardroom, but we need to have some sort of thing where you're getting rid of someone that is more structured. And then what did they, how did they settle on what they settled on? And I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Cause it's, there's no format to the episodes. Like normally those shows are like, you have a challenge, there are clear winners and losers of the challenge, and then there's an elimination, and then you move on to the next episode with less people. But the position that she's hiring for is not a position that someone would compete on reality TV to win. It's just like that that kind of person wouldn't be on a show like this. So that even that as a goal doesn't add up with like what the show is for. And then the challenges that she makes the cast do have nothing to do. Like that person wouldn't even have to do these challenges. And then she just is always like, God, everyone's so underqualified. Like nothing's going Wait, right. And <laughs> what about when she called the daughter and was like, who do you think I should choose? The 10 year old daughters <laughs> called Bryn. Who's not on the show. Has or, no or idea a business who person. These... <laughs> yeah. Or has, doesn't even know who these people are. And she's like, I've got to call Bryn. 
and ask her what she thinks. That was wild. I don't think the world culturally is talking enough about that moment. How she just imagine being one of the contestants and seeing on TV like her calling her ten year old daughter and being like, "Who should I choose?" <laughs> yeah, and then I, I I'm also like, there's a there's a girl that was hired to be on the show, DJ Rose, and she's like an influencer who is. Her personality is one of my biggest nightmares of and genre of human being. Like it's just a lot. Chilling. It's like a yeah, just all day rose all day for DJ like social media. It's just it's so much and and wears hats. Like it's like a wide brim fedora at a ton all. Ton of times. hat work. A lot of hat work out of DJ Nicole Rose. Hat work, so like suede booties. And like a statement belt and a long cardigan. And also she's the type of person that talks without anything to say. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's just just so that people can hear her, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like she would walk into like if I were her, it would be like, yeah, and there's a lamp here. I love lamps. Like it's just so important to have light. And like I'm really (laughs) a person that gravitates towards light. So like that's my thing. And you're like literally never asked you don't care. You can just not say anything like you don't have to always say anything. That's the kind of person (laughs) I, I believe she to be. Yeah. And I think the other castmates are doing a kind of good job. Like I think. DJ Rose is learning that she's very abrasive and annoying to a wide swath of people. And Bethany also has really made it a priority to like cut her down to size, but also keep her around. Bethany knows she needs Bethany met the rest of the cast and she's like, okay, I Bethany hates DJ Nicole Rose. Like I believe her to be the exact person that Bethany would hate in real life and on the show, whatever. But she is a smart enough reality TV person. No, she has to at least keep this woman because otherwise they have nothing. Bethany knows they have nothing, I believe. Yeah, they do. And this is truly, they do have nothing without this girl because she is like, she spices it up to that degree. But it's one of the most stressful shows I've ever watched. I don't know why they didn't just do a docu-series about Bethany's businesses. And then they could have still been looking for a person but that could have been like the secondary thing like did you see it was not very good but the mark Wahlberg documentary series on hbo max it's like about his businesses that's what i think they should have done and then the finding of this person could have been in the background because bethany can make good reality tv the problem is on housewives it's fun to see bethany sort of tear people down in the cast because they're rich uh, you know or, or they're under the guise of these rich women who are spoiled and whatever so it's fun when she's making fun of them. But like, I don't want to see her being mean to these people, these young professionals who, by all intents and purposes, all of them except for DJ Nicole Rose, don't seem like they're going on this show to be television personalities. They seem like they're genuinely, genuinely, we're like, oh, maybe this is a good job for me. And they're not qualified, but that's, I, I don't think they were coming on there to be reality stars, except for Rose. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> watching Bethany be so rude to them is just uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And then also like the challenges themselves, like since there's no real rules, like it's just the rules are ever shifting and the goalpost is ever shifting. So like Bethany can approve something that one person is doing and then totally disapprove and like refuse to participate in something another person is doing just based on her personal affinity 
for right. that person it has nothing to do with any sort of like rules or regulations. Even in the premiere, when she was meeting those people, I forget the one woman who she just, ke- she just kept asking questions and berating this woman. And the woman was like trying to get out a full sentence about what she does. The and sock woman. Was that the one I'm thinking? Of? I think with I was her thinking own the- sock company. Well, her too. I mean, it was like Bethany had in her mind that she wanted to get rid of these people. So just like, tell me how you did that. How'd you do that? And it was like, she was going to find what she didn't like about these people, no matter what they said. And also what was shocking about the first episode is that they clearly it was winter when they were filming a cocktail party outside you could see everyone's breath but then everyone is dressed like it's like a kind of like midsummer or like early fall evening like where it still would be like 75 degrees outside but then bethany at one point is standing like shivering and she's like god i'm freezing and then kind of gets like standing up straight again and goes back into elimination. But I was like, they forced all these people to film a cocktail party outside in the, what I believe to be like 40 degree weather, like 35 degree weather. There was that one in- indicative moment where she, Bethany went inside and she looked at her couch and there was like a stain or something on it. And she said, <laughs> she said something like, who the fuck did this? Like it was very kind of um, terse or I don't know the right word I'm thinking of but like it was tough and then the producer or somebody off camera was like that was your makeup or that was you Bethany and it was like that was a chilling moment I thought how many other of these moments happened sort of behind the scenes that they didn't slip into the episodes yeah and like seeing her team of people like I don't think we're getting an actual real view of what goes into running her company because I'm like if it was just you and the three to four people that you say are in charge of everything you wouldn't be nearly as successful. Like Skinny Girl would not be as big as it is. So like, what's the truth, Bethany? It's interesting too, because now she's trying to rebrand away from Skinny Girl and more into just like, uh, everything's just her name. And I find that to be very fascinating because I'm surprised it's almost taken this long to sort of move away from the name Skinny Girl because culturally where we're at, I don't think Skinny Girl would be a name that somebody would come up with now. Mm-hmm. But it is like such a iconic branding and brand just like in the culture like you see that little like ponytail bethany logo and you just think wow skinny girl everything yeah i'm curious what she's uh, where we go from here because i don't think hbo max is like picking up a second season of this but maybe i'm completely off base so then i think well what's the next reality show i know she's got a production company now where she's doing all sorts of reality show development so like what happens next i would love to see her do like 17 seasons and never find this vp like i think the search could continue infinitely right i love the dorinda of it all too i have to make uh, just mention that where it's like on the phone with her friend dorinda and it was like obviously they said we need to get another housewife on here because it'll help your fans and then (laughs) They just had Dorinda on the other line. Yeah, it's a it's a real. Does she call? She called Dorinda and asked her for advice as well. And Dorinda gave she gave one of her like classic like say it, forget it, write it, regret it. Like it wasn't that, but it was like a classic sort of Dorinda ism. And then in the trailer, we see Dorinda showing up at some point, which will be fun. How many episodes is this? Is the season? I think I've only watched four, but is it just like six? they i got the the screeners of it and there were six of them but it didn't include the finale so i think there's either seven or eight maybe it's like a two-part thing i watched literally six and six in one weekend and my boyfriend and i binged them all and it was like 
we we were complaining about it and then we're like okay hit play on the next one like yeah I was like I've never felt so stressed out in my life I'm like my can feel my heart rate rising and like the stress in the cortisol coursing through my body but I can't stop watching this train wreck did you ever watch Bethany's spinoffs uh, ever after or Bethany getting oh, married yeah. so mm-hmm. I keep thinking about Julie who was her main number one and what it must be like for her to watch this series like the PTSD she must get yeah there's no part of this show that makes it look fun to work for Bethany Frankel. She's also looking for someone that's a hundred different fucking jobs, like uh, someone who does social media and like, they're all specific jobs that people go to school and study for or, or have careers in. And she just wants people who can do all of them. And I just don't think that's really realistic. No. And I think also it's interesting that almost everyone that gets fired after the initial like firing of all the like five contestants in the first episode are not actually fired they're just hired in a different capacity so she identified one guy Corey, who it was like you could tell she was like i'm not comfortable like torturing this person on tv so i'm just gonna hire him as an assistant and then like i'll torture him in private away from the cameras and then she let another woman be like a brand ambassador for skinny girl which i but what did that even mean like i don't even think think it was just a something to say yeah like I think that was just encouraging her to post on social media that she likes skinny girl but I don't think there was any sort of transaction of funds for this woman who was the brand ambassador it was just like I'm cutting you but please go back (laughs) home and tell people you like skinny girl and we'll call you an ambassador yeah don't stop buying my products so please continue to be a brand ambassador but also you're fired from this show it really stresses me out too how they keep bringing new people on because it just feels like there are no rules and it's like well how do you want me to get invested in these people when you're just bringing new people in at random and i i don't know if that's in the later episodes or what but like it's just a lot this might actually be the new genre that reality tv is moving towards <laughs> <laughs> look i'll celebrity watch- driven competition shows with no rhyme or reason i mean i think all of these new networks and streamers are trying to figure out what their reality show brand is it's even taken netflix a while i think they found success with love is blind and the circle and that kind of thing but they're still sort of working their way like bravo has a distinct brand they might go off course with a camp getaway but they try they, they pretty much have their brand and hbo max is trying to figure out what that is and the Mark Wahlberg one, I encourage you to go watch it. It's, again, not good. Okay. It's really boring. <laughs> but it's fascinating to me, too, because it's it's in that same vein of, like, celebrity business, and it's almost a six-episode advertisement. Like, that's how I went away from the Mark Wahlberg show, and that's kind of how I feel about the Bethany show. It's like, you're just kind of tricking me into watching, like, a seven-hour ad for your businesses, and it's working on some level, but is that the HBO Max reality TV brand or are we just going to get other celebrities? Like is Kate Hudson going to do a, a docu-series on HBO Max about Fabletics or something? Like what's what are we doing? Well, here? if she does, she better go to that factory in South Africa that just got shut down because it was like, did you read about no, that? No, wait, I didn't There was this, like a no. Fabletics, her, the factory that produces Fabletics, there was a huge explosive. I think it was like Time Magazine 
all these women came forward and said that they were being like sexually harassed on the job and it, their working conditions were just like absolutely vile and like it was just like an awful place to exist and so the factory fabletics had to like shut down production because oh my god the so they're not even so bad. are they not even shipping now I don't, or, or selling i don't know what the deal is i don't think this story like blew up which was surprising considering just like the connection to like a goldie had it shut celebrity. down goldie yeah had it she shut was down. not having it <laughs> but there's like i'm a, really invested in this fabletics drama and i feel like no one's talking about it well you know what maybe they will talk about it when hbo max does a whole fabletics series about kate hudson because that's what i feel like is next yeah so it's celebrity spawn con it's literally that's and, and like the, propaganda the, films there they it, it is propaganda because i'm watching the big shot and it's just like i'm seeing the jellies and i'm seeing the dressings and i'm seeing the coffees and it's like i'm bamboozled into buying some of this stuff they sent me a bass a nice basket of all these goods and um some of them are really good <laughs> did you cry did you did you put it on the bed and then just lay down and break <laughs> into tears <laughs> kelly benson. like kelly benson i don't get why she does this <laughs> Just going. <laughs> oh my goodness! Just you know, that Kelly- when you think your life can't get any worse, suddenly you open the door and there's a huge merch. skinny girl merch package waiting for you, and that's when you know you've reached a breaking point. I also wonder about the mechanics of like, was any was any of this paid? I guess it's not paid for. That must have been part of the deal. Because even on The Apprentice. There was, like, a lot of stuff that was, like, Trump-related. Like, they would do challenges based off his hotel or whatever. But then there were also other brands that came in. But with Bethany's show, it's just strictly Bethany-centric product. Yeah. I did not know that she had as many products as she had. Like, her whole shapewear line, when she said that's the top-selling thing that Skinny Girl offers, I was like, what? I've never even heard of that. But I'm a Skims. I'm a Skims girl. So, you know, I'm a big fan of the elsewhere. She has the half calf K cups, which I know K cups are bad for the environment. I get that. But the K cup half caps I like because they're it's like a little tiny jolt of caffeine in the afternoon. It's not like a full dose. They yeah. taste sort of watery, which I enjoy. But it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm like brand loyal to that specific category. You know, interesting. That's that skinny girl magic. It's that there's just a lot of water and everything. And I do know that Kelly Ripa, because I'm a big Kelly Ripa fan, is uh, she's a big fan of the jams. Like she's got the or preserves or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I haven't tried those yet. But I do know that they're popular with Kelly Ripa, and I trust her with my life. So they must be good. Okay. Yeah, I trust that too. I wonder, like, what will Skinny Girl do next? Like, where will they go from here? I mean, and, and yeah, what's next? I mean, cause we got the, it, it seems like it's splintering. We have the skinny girl and then we have the Bethany. Bethany just started the, like a sunglass line, I believe. She's got sunglasses now or something. Huh. So I can we'll see you're going sunglasses, skincare, hair care, like more lifestyle stuff with the Bethany brand. Makeup stuff maybe at some point, like make, I'm surprised she hasn't, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm surprised she hasn't done like pajamas. Remember that time she had that big scandal where she was posted on social media where she was wearing her daughter's pajamas? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am shocked yes. that that wasn't like a segue into a pajama line, like shocked. And maybe yeah. it was meant to I be. Love- her HSN hustle 
is something I really admire. Like I would love that. I would love to have a job where it's just like I'm hawking cardigans on HSN for like two hours, just like describing stuff and having people sell it. The dream. I mean, you like, don't have to go like, like no meetings. This or is anything. a phone case. Like, yeah, I love this case. Like it fits around the phone. It has such a good hand feel. Like I feel like I would really thrive at that. I need to come up with some skinny girl. I know. Well, some I'll, be, I'll come on with you and we'll just help sell some then because I that's my dream completely. I just want to have a product line for QVC HSN. I get hypnotized by it. Like whenever there's a celebrity, Jessica Simpson always does like the Q, HSN or QVC. And usually her mom will be on and her mom will be selling it. And they just have to talk about the I anaconda pant. Tina. Tina will talk about an mm-hmm. anaconda pant for 20 minutes, you know, and it's like they have to stretch. And it's just like... I get hypnotized. It's like, well, I just watched 20 minutes of them just saying the same thing about like the flared, the flared ankle. And it's like, they just find different various ways to say, like, yeah. these jeans have a flared ankle. And it's like, what? I could see, I like see this for you. Like I see a QVC or HSN moment uh, in your future. I'm like cut to like 10 years from now. You have like the in-home studio, like power move a Bethany has her own studio. So she doesn't even have to fly to these places to film which it's like That's in pennsylvania or something i think it's in a weird yeah like not new york or la so yeah i think beverly hills has followed lisa rinna on like a film day that she had to do the qvc or hsn whichever one she's with and it was like you wake up at you know 2 a.m get on the flight arrive in pennsylvania at seven and then work for a day and then fly back home not miss frankel no, and remember Shannon Bador went and sold her uh, her s- cream cheese stuffed <laughs> salmon from the Orange County house size on QVC, and she's just like, "Yeah, we put cream cheese in it, and it's like, and it'll sell a hundred thousand units in in ten minutes." That's the dream. Holy shit! Yeah, that's the that's the hustle that I want too. When I was a kid, this is a weird thing about me. I was like, I loved the home shopping networks during the holiday season, and they specifically had the Warner Brothers store on one of those networks. Don't remember if it's QVC or HSN, but they would just show Looney Tunes merch. And you don't understand. It was like my my Xanax, my life force. It was just when I saw around the holiday season that they were doing the Warner Brothers store. It was like that's my appointment TV as a ten year old little boy. Yeah, that that was magical merch. That and like the Disney store was huge for me growing up. Like anytime I could go to the Disney store in the mall, it was like I didn't even really need to buy anything. I just wanted to look at everything and kind of touch right. it all. Yeah, my mom would never buy us any of it because it was all so pricey. But like a, a, war, a WB store, a Disney store, I was a big Looney Tunes junkie. Like, I mean, obsessed. Like, if I saw any of it, I loved it. If I saw Tweety yeah. Bird or Sylvester on it, like I was, I was in love. I love, t- I like Tiny Tunes. Classic. How I Spent My Summer Vacation. That is one of the best comedies ever. I mean, nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. I just, there's a Tiny Tunes reboot coming and I just auditioned for one of the voices and I did not get it. But yeah, fuck. it would have been what like a dream. Fuck? I know. I was like, this is the dream. That is the dream. Next time. Next time. I mean, just yeah. wait. You'll be laughing all the way to the bank when you're just selling. <laughs> when I'm your, on HSN. Your Warner Brothers, <laughs> Danny Pellegrino. Collab. <laughs> merch. Lab on HSN sells 
millions of units in a mere five minutes who will be having the last laugh your mouth to jessica simpson's ears because i just want to be on there with like a bugs bunny snow globe around the holiday season just trying to sell it and i believe me i could push the shit out of that merch because there's nothing i could oh, talk more about i believe it yeah space, space jam six when they're doing that movie i hope to be on hsn providing mm-hmm. a commentary about i don't know Tasmanian devil sparkles it comes down it's so beautiful the way it falls on all the character like talking about just like minutiae like that feels like a really fun thing to do yeah it's a challenge too to just fill up the airspace of that and yeah they they always end up selling a bunch of shit god okay yeah I'm, I'm secreting this for you and for me i also loved i mean around the holiday season time before holiday would start so it'd be like early october they do their first christmas one and that was always fun to watch too because it was like someone in the first week of october being like gotta get these trees now and they're acting like if you don't order this christmas (laughs) decoration now like your season will be ruined and so yeah you better get on the phone and buy it you have literally two months to make or break Christmas. If and you don't that get the ice lights. can happen in the next five minutes. So what <laughs> are then, you going to do? And they let you know it's going quick. It's going <laughs> quick. And you'll never find that price again because it'll be like a really low three payment sort of schedule. And if you mm-hmm. don't get those ice lights, like they will be out. And then that's your last shot. Santa's not coming to your house unless you have those ice lights on the windowsill. No. And how easy would it be just to buy them now? You're saving yourself the trip to Target, the gas money, the traffic. You're going to fight other people. You can just be in your home and just make the call and get them. Not to mention it's today's last minute deal. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the, they're special for the day. Like that's it. Yeah. It's not, not going to be that again tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. it's gonna, tomorrow they're jacking it up. You go on there tomorrow. <laughs> guess what? You're spending $25 more. Yeah. So act now. Or pray that your Christmas is just completely <laughs> you're, ruined. You're fucked. You're <laughs> fucked. You're like Mary getting sent away from the inn if you don't have those fucking ice school lights. Christmas yeah. Do you want to be the only person on your block with like a shitty light display? What are the neighbors going to say? Yeah. And the way they'll pivot from just the ice school light to like a, an inflatable elf, you know, and have to sell the inflatable elf after they just sold the Christmas lights. It's like a, a mind fuck. Would you come out with your own line? I know that you're a Christmas lover, like your own line of Christmas decorations. Like, I feel like that is a must. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. If I had the means and ability, I would like to do like more of a collab. I don't know if any of your listeners are, I don't know, um, working for a company that does snow globes or lights or anything like of the sort or trees. I'd love to do some sort of collab where I didn't have to be on the design process, but I could give my input and say like, well, you know what? Those branches need to be lowered or something. Yeah. I could see like Christmas, like candles, globes, ornaments, maybe like a a mini tree and a big tree. Yeah, I see this. What would your dream product be for HSN or QVC? You know, I've been trying to think like if I were to have a product, what would I want it to be? I feel like for HSN or QVC, like just off the top of my head, I would want to sell crystals. I could see that. I feel like this is like a beautiful quartz, like, and just get, get the ladies in, get the ladies in the flyover states just into crystals. You know what? I actually think that'd be a smart business move because- yeah, you'd be able to get a lot of people who, and I don't think I've seen that on the shows. I don't think I've seen that on HSN. 
QVC. Mm-hmm. Just geodes and crystals. Yeah, I could see that. That yeah. would be a huge hit. Wow. Did you watch I'm The Hills? It... Uh, wait, I'm interrupting you again. Did you watch The Hills premiere? I didn't. Okay, so I've had people that I trust that are like, it's worth getting into like second season of the hill well Kristen's back isn't she she's only back for like one episode i've i've read i don't know this to be fact but i've read but they're really leaning into her one episode appearance if that's the case because there's i watched the premiere and it was just like every commercial break and at the end of the episode beginning of the episode it's like and still to come and then they show Kristen, and so they're really leaning into that but i feel like we'll be let down no yeah no no see i tried to watch watch it but I watched the first episode of last season, like when it came out, and I just was like, not, I wasn't wowed. Yeah. It's interesting because it's the same producers, I believe, as Vanderpump Rules. And so watching it through that lens of like how, how similar it is and how different it is. And these cast members were cast for different reasons like i feel like most of the hills legacy cast members they weren't cast because they're dynamic reality personalities because the previous show was more scripted so now that they're doing unscripted it's fascinating to me to see how they work in that space because they're not like a a Jax or something who was cast because they're a crazy reality person it's, it, it makes you wonder like I guess this has always been my question about Vanderpump Rules is like, was it the cast that was truly the magical element or was it the producers that just knew they had gold on their hands? And I think I'm leaning more and more towards it was just the cast and their drama that was just liquid gold. Like, I think once the producers, I think once the producers meddled too much, it warped things. Like, I think that Jax would eventually just bury himself if no producer intervened at all. Like, it would just be chaos 24-7. I think Vanderpump Rules was the last of its kind in terms of casting, where I don't think that the people who were initially put on Vanderpump Rules were concerned with their social media presence or their numbers or or looking good for camera. I think they were naturally themselves. And I've talked about this before in regards to MTV, because they have the challenge And that show has been on forever, and they started casting new people for it. So they started bringing in people from other reality shows and and all sorts of stuff. But the OG sort of real-worlders are way more interesting. And now on Paramount+, Plus, they have this separate show that is like the legacy cast members. And I find those legacy cast members so much more interesting, and I— I've talked to people, cast members and stuff, and what I was told is that, like, they were cast for their personalities on The Real World and for being dynamic in front of the, with their personalities, and they weren't, they weren't thinking about social media numbers or any of that stuff. Now, everyone that's put on these reality shows in present day is concerned with that. So those, those Real Worlders from back in the day, they don't care what they say or how they come across, so it makes for better TV, and I think that's similar with Vanderpump Rules. I don't know with new people coming on that show if they're going to care if uh, about what they say um, or, or not care as much as they should. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, it's an interesting. That's a really good point, because I think it social media does really bland down people's personalities, because I think the backlash that you can get or the like is so instantaneous 
and you want to be able to like grow your presence on social media to maintain your brand and then eventually have your product or whatever it is you're going to shill or your like partnerships that you're going to play it safe most of the time. And early VPR, I don't think Twitter was around and that stuff was around, but it wasn't a business the way it is now. Yeah. And you had to be able to like put a sentence together to like have a real <laughs> presence. So it was great for those people because wasn't their forte. Right. And like even Vine, like I think someone found Kristen Doty's like old Vine account from like when that was like 2013 or whatever of just like stuff that she would post with like her and Tom Sandoval. And like it was such an interesting moment in time. And yeah, I think shows pre-social media that was the last of its kind like pre-instagram and the bad behavior was more uh celebrated and appreciated in a way whereas now yes we call can all hop on social media and say i hate that this person said or did this even though i do think subconsciously as viewers we want to see that behavior yeah, I don't think viewers should be rewarded. Like, that's what, getting back to the Hannah thing, I don't think viewers should be rewarded for just, like, hating someone with that and have that person taken away just because they don't like the way they're acting on a season of television. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's not the reason why this person was cast in the first place and we're and i don't think that yeah. they would they would like that long term then right what? They th we all think we like want that. hug and get along yeah right people think they want that and i think we're in a weird time now where it is sort of expected like if somebody um is an asshole and there's different levels to this so i do think there's something to be said and it's important if somebody is like a, a completely racist or, or things like that i do think that's we don't yeah. want to necessarily give those people a platform but when it comes to someone just being like messy i i think there's a we're in a weird time where it's like i don't like them let's get rid of them and it's like we on some level we are supposed to have people we don't like on reality tv yeah that's, that's the like fun the of whole, it that's the reason i tune in yeah i, I mean if we feel... like if we just like everyone it's gonna be like what it's gonna be boring no, like watch My Little Pony or something or care. I have a. Do you see this My Little Pony I have behind me? On here? Yeah. Oh, fabulous. Speaking of, I mean, we're going back to the OC. It was like they had these horses. I don't know. Anyway, really flawless blue haired My Little Pony in the background of Danny's recording station. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about just covering all the things that we did you it's know it's such a pleasure to have you on i know i love you and it's always a pleasure and i'm sad that it's taken us this long to get back together but hopefully we don't wait as long again i know yeah let's do this again sooner rather than later right you right. guys have to follow danny at danny pellegrino on instagram check out his podcast everything iconic you are securing truly top tier guests Thank and you. i i love to see it and I'll hopefully one day be on HSN promoting my Warner Brothers Christmas merch. Oh, my God. You guys, really, just, like, cross your fingers and say a prayer <laughs> because I need this to happen. I fully believe in your ability to get there. So uh, it's not even a question in my mind. <laughs> just like a, a Yosemite Sam fanny pack where he's wearing, yeah. like, a Santa hat instead of his normal Chopping hat. down a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Until next time. Bye.